Welcome, Patriots, to this episode of Raven's Radar. Um, I usually spend some time telling you what's going on in our country, but we're not going to do that today. Today, we've got something really special. I talk to a lot of people that I claim are frontline fighters, and that takes different scapes. It takes people who fight for our schools, people who fight for our country, people who are fighting for our border, people who are fighting for our freedoms. And you know me, I like to have my fingers in all of those. But today we have a special treat. We're going to talk to someone who's fighting for all of this and is running for president. Uh, a lot of you are going, oh my gosh, Raven, um, because I am a strong and solid and unequivocal Trump supporter. No questions asked. However, what I really want is to take this opportunity with Raven's Radar to give people actual information, verbs in the sentences, plans, options, and what they can do to help us get our country back on track. So I am honored today to be joined by Ryan Binkley, who is running for president. He's from my home state of Texas, but I am also making an open invitation to all of the candidates who were running for president. This is not about what I think and what I feel. This is about what America deserves. And I want to put that invitation out there for uh, candidates to come out, share your platform, share your thoughts and your feelings, and let the voters really engage and decide how they can be part of making our country great again. Uh, you know where I'll fall, but my job is to bring the front line and be there supporting those of us. I have tremendous amount of respect for anybody who has the guts to get into this fight and put themselves out there. And today I have one of those fighters. We are going to be joined by the one and only Ryan Binkley. He is a pastor. He is a CEO. He is a powerhouse conservative. And he's going to be talking to you about what it's like to run for the biggest office in the land, to be the most powerful man in the world. And he's joining us right after this. Welcome, Patriots, to this episode of Raven's Radar. We have a special episode for you today. Do I always say that? It's always true. <laughs> this time, you know, Patriots, I always talk about verbs in the sentences. Action. Because faith without works is dead. So I always am interested in what the front line looks like. Well, what's everybody talking about now? We're talking about the presidency. All eyes are on the White House. And with me today, I have an incredible guest. We have someone who is running for the executive branch, somebody who is running for president. Right here from my home state of Texas, we are here with the one and only Ryan Binkley. Thank you, Raven. Great to be here with you. Excellent. Well, welcome. We have, we know Texas is known for producing some greats. But this is really uncharted. Talk about jumping into the front lines. I know that you're a pastor, a CEO. You have a lot going on. Tell our listeners <clears throat> and our viewers a little bit about you. Okay, well, thank you. 
Well, about 22 years ago, uh, I started a business with my dad. We co-founded Generational Group. It's primarily a merger and acquisition middle market company. We now we do strategic growth, wealth management, we software engineering, basically a consulting company for the middle market. We have about 400 employees across the nation. I'm also a pastor. So we uh, started a church. My wife and I have been married 24 years and we've been doing ministry really our whole lives, but uh, since we got married especially. And so we started a church 10 years ago, right in Richardson, Texas, a multicultural growing community. And then about seven or eight years ago, I, I had a dream from the Lord to run for the office of presidency of the United States. At first, I thought it was, God, is this symbolic? I wrote down my dream. <laughs> I said, are you for sure? And then it kept coming back again and again. And so the Lord has really been speaking to me about words for our country. And so I really believe this, that our country needs an economic revival and it needs a spiritual revival. So this is my message, uh, primarily in Iowa, sharing it a lot in New Hampshire, and now on a lot, of, a lot more news media, sharing this word that it's time for change in our country. Oh my goodness gracious. Most people would say when we get that call from God, when God called me to call, run for Congress, what, what would you have me do, Lord, run for Congress? Not that, <laughs> anything but that. So when you got this, you had to be thinking, you know, Lord, where where do I come into? This scape is is huge. Does this feel a little like David and Goliath? It does a little bit for sure. But you know, he gave me messages for our country. And so as I'm looking at it, it's kind of neat because our country, I see things through both of these lens, the economic lens and then a pastoral lens or spiritual lens, a little bit what is impacting our country culturally. And so as I look at our country right now, if I just look at it economically, it's so broken. And you know, yes. in fact, spiritually, we're so divided. Uh, it reminds me of Abraham's strong warnings to our country about us being divided in a house divided cannot stand. Correct. Other words, if we ever destroy our, if our country's ever destroyed, it'll be because we destroyed ourselves, not from the outside. This is where we're at right now. We're so polarized, so broken that it's going to be uh, a leader that speaks to this and leads our country through this to help solve our biggest problems. And that's why I'm running. Woo. And boy, do we have problems. We have them in abundance uh, right now. So um, what I would like to really address is let's start going in. Very few people have the ability to talk as candidly as we are right now to someone running for such a prestigious office. Can we go through a little bit of the, what are the visions? So God has spoken to you. You've mm -hmm. stepped up now to do something for our country. What is the primary message that you're out there pushing right now? You know, we're broken. Our country's broken and we have a window of opportunity. I really believe this. It's, it reminds me of um, the days of Jimmy Carter. You know, in days of Jimmy Carter, we just got out of Vietnam War. We yes. just got out of Nixon era. Uh, patriotism was an all-time low. Gas prices, inflation, all-time high. We had stagflation, if you remember. Yes. And there was this moment where we had low patriotism. Everybody's divisive all the time. And then all of a sudden, there's a moment where a man named Ronald Reagan came into the scene. Yes. So we have an opportunity as a party, as a country. How are we going to go? I've been all over Iowa. We were talking a little bit earlier about what path that I've been on. I've been on to 62 counties in Iowa. We've, we're there every single week, three or four days a week. It's a caucus state. So for the next five months, we're going to be living more in Iowa, New Hampshire. These early states are real important to our campaign. And we're talking with them about the real issues that we're facing. And this is a unique opportunity because the Republican Party is, is trying to decide what, what is the soul of our party? What is our message? Is it a message of uh, populism, the way Trump, when he came out, and is that is that still the message to just fight the swamp and to fight all day long? Because right now we are we're fighting, but we're not winning. 
And the reason they're not winning, I really believe this, because we're not connecting enough to the middle. You know, 49% of America today identifies as independent. So if you look at that in the last 40 years, it used to be 10% independent, but our parties have gotten so polarized that they're not connecting to a lot of people. Now they split off at election time, but how are we going to win? You know, Ron, uh, Ronald Reagan won 59% of the vote in his second term. President Trump got 46% his first term, first election, 46.9% the second. There wasn't a transcendent movement. They got past that 50% mark. They can help coalesce to get legislation done. Certainly didn't win the election this time. So how do we do that? We have some plans to do that by speaking to some American issues, not just Republican issues, but how to bring our Republican message, smaller government, freedom, liberty to our country that's relevant to everyone. And that is speaking our language for sure. What have you found the reception when you've come into these smaller counties like Iowa? This is our heartland. Mm -hmm. These are our our people. What kind of reception are you getting when you come into these? I, I get warm, and and then a lot of people just wonder what do we do, Ryan? There, this is where we're at. We're at a we're at a situation where we don't know where to go. I would call us stuck. I mean, we are, we half the, of our party is looking through the rearview mirror, looking at what happened in this last election, looking at the indictments President Trump is going through, seeing the two tiers of justice that we have, uh, wanting, uh, you know, to, to right some wrongs, if I could say it a better way. Uh, other half of the party is ready to move forward. And so, and I'm, I'm looking at our party and our country saying, I can appreciate a lot of things President Trump did. I, I like a lot of his policies. I like the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. I like the fact he put in Supreme Court justices that like the Constitution. Yes. Very good thing. I think you like that as well. But at the same time, can he unite our party? Can he lead legislation? Can he reach across the aisle and actually solve our border crisis? Can he solve health care reform? Uh, it's 40% higher inflation in healthcare than regular inflation. Can we actually do something? Can we solve our budget? We went $7.5 trillion in debt under his four years. And so that's my background. We can speak to that a little bit. What happens if we don't fix this problem? We're going to be in trouble. And so I think it's time for us to pick up the mantle that he carried, kind of like Elijah and Elisha did, and say, hey, we can take it forward another level. That's the way I'm leading. That's what I'm calling our country to do, because if we don't do it, we're going to be continue looking back at the past. And I think we're going to miss the window. The window is huge. The window is the opportunity of a lifetime because President Biden is not leading well. Inflation is at all time high. The economy is fractured. He is not a unifying leader. This is our time. Well, I'm telling you, you you gave us a mouthful. So we are going in. You, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, Patriots, he's given us great stuff. We are going to get into specifically these policy points so Americans can hear a little bit more about how you're processing and what your solutions are, are moving forward right after this. Hey there, Patriots, it's Raven Harrison, your conservative warrior. I'm coming to you on behalf of Raven Pack, which is an organization I founded to ensure that real Christians, real believers, real patriots have the resources and the funding to fight this unprecedented war for our freedoms and our country. Not all heroes wear capes, but wars are expensive and tiresome. I encourage you to go to ravenharrison.com, click on the link for Raven Pack, and give us your most generous contribution. As I always say, if you can't be on the front lines, support those of us who are, and every little bit helps. This is an unprecedented fight for our freedoms, but it's a war we can win. I am grateful for every patriot who will go to Raven Pack and donate and be part of this great country and restoring it to all its glory. Until then, 
keep fighting. Welcome back, Patriots. We are here with the one and only Ryan Binkley. We're finding out what it's like on the front lines. I mean, that's really the front lines. That's ground zero for our war right now, for our country, is what it would be like to run for president. And thank you again for being here with us. This is an opportunity for us to really right now, you know, what's different about the Binkley campaign? What is different in terms of, let's go through a few of your platforms and your policy points on what's different. I know you've got opinions on a lot of things, but let's talk about the ones that are hottest. Let's start with the border. Absolutely. You know, my campaign is about four key issues, really, that that's different than every other Republican. Many of the issues are the same. We're going to fight for our kids. We're going to fight for the Second Amendment. We're on pro-life. But when it comes to what's different, this is important. So let's talk about the border real quick. First, we have to understand the problem. It's huge. Uh, human trafficking, all-time high, southern border, fentanyl killing two to 300 young people a day. Right now, Republicans and Democrats, I call it the, their standoff at the OK Corral. Doing yes. nothing, sitting there watching this happening. I'm saying two, 300 kids are dying a day of fentanyl, and we're not willing to get together and even have a conversation. And so, I, Michael, I've been going through Iowa going, how many young people have to die a day? Is it 500? Let me know. Is it a thousand? It's and zero. And then I'll note it on my calendar and we'll have a conversation. So we're way past that time of having bipartisan politics on the biggest issue that Republicans can't fix their own. The reason I say that is many of my counterparts, President Trump included, saying, I'm going to put the military. You know, he was four years ago. We're going to build a wall. I think he gave up on the wall and his platform. Now we're going to put the military there. I think it's a Band-Aid. It's not really. I can do that as well the first few months along the Texas border. But there's this guy named Gavin Newsom in California. He's not going to allow you to put the military there. He's going to fight you every step of the way. And if we don't have it going from the Pacific Coast, security, towers, technology, walls, people, money is going to take from California to Texas. He will just have a big welcome sign for everything that's happening through Texas right through that area. That's what I believe. So I think it needs a bipartisan plan. There is a the, the standoff is this Democrats want some sort of worker registration, something for the immigrants that are here. We have 20 million immigrants here, something for the DACA kids. There's people that came over here when they were two or three years old. Did they break the law? Maybe so. Maybe their parents did. Certainly millions have. All right now, also, we've got worker needs here in America. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to kick everybody out? I talked to some people. They say, Ryan, absolutely. We're going to kick 20 million people out. I said, okay, why don't you think through that? That could be no food by Friday. I mean, they, there's a lot of work they're doing that's helping our country. It's one and a half to two percent of GDP. At the same time, there's no plan to secure the border. We can't do it without bipartisan support. I'm recommending that we do that. So I have an act called the Security and Dignity Act. It is going to secure it with funds, $30 billion going from coast to coast. It's bipartisan. It takes everybody that's come here into Trump, excuse me, Biden's open border. They don't have a place to stay. So they need to go back. But if they've been here long, maybe it's five and this is negotiable. Maybe it's 10 years, 20 years or longer. They've committed no crimes. They're willing to come and meet with Homeland Security every two years. Make sure we know who they are. We've got 15 to 20 million people in the United States of America today. We don't even know who they are. They have fake IDs, fake social security cards. It gives them a window to come out of the shadows and actually pay taxes. Right now, what we're doing is we're giving amnesty to them anyway. There's free health care, free education. We just have to make a decision. Are we going to do something or not? And if we decide we're going to do something, this is what I'm calling. The Republican Party's never led on immigration reform, never led on border security in a strong way from coast to coast. Let's do something permanent. Trump tried to do a good thing in building the wall. He asked Mexico to pay for it. 
They decline, but at the end of the day, we can do this. He just didn't have a funding mechanism. This has a funding mechanism. It charges them fines. If some of them broke the law, they have to pay a fine over 12 years, $12,000. If they get, they now have to pay taxes, which funds the border wall as well. So it actually allows people to be visible, meets the workforce solutions, but more importantly, secures our border. So 40 years from now, we don't have to wonder who's in office. Is there a secure border? There'll be a secure border in the United States of America. And the Democrats, what people will say is, is they'll say that the Democrats have stonewalled this at every opportunity, even when you present them with common sense legislation, if you present them with op options, because this has become all political, they're not interested. So how do we get them off of the, I mean, they we, we seem to see Republicans flowing over to the Democrat side for votes, but we don't see it happening the other way around. It's just gonna leadership. I mean, at the end of the day, I've got to communicate to the American people. I've got to communicate to Congress. We got to get back to working together. I can't demonize the Democrat on Friday though, and expect them to work with me on Monday. So at the end of the day, it's going to take a different rhetoric, a different type of leader that's going to get some people to move forward. Remember, I don't have to convince all of them. I just need five or 10 of them, right? So to come move over and start making real solutions. And as we communicate to the American people, the real problem, fentanyl is killing, you know, number one killer for people 18 to 45, it's time to stop. There it is. And that's a good point to, of how this sounds coming to voters and constituents. So I think we've got a great clip of you speaking the truth. Country's just broken right now. I see it in a way that the needs that it has economically, my background is suited for. I, I really see things financially out of two lenses. I'm a pastor and a, and a CEO of an investment bank, and we are so broken in both of these areas. If we don't solve our financial crisis we're in, we're gonna look back in one time. If we, if we could look back in history, two years before the Great Depression or the Great Recession and go, what could we have done different? We're in that moment and now it's time to use wisdom. I, this is what I believe, something's coming that we're not prepared for. That's why I'm running. I see it happening. I see a perfect storm coming of expansionary inflation, slow growth due to the banking situation and raising of interest rates and an opportunity for us to connect to people, connect to their hearts, get back to job training, get back to winning. We have to grow our base. Right now, we only won 46% of the vote in the last two elections, the Republican Party. Regardless if you think it was stolen, 47%. What it wasn't, it wasn't 50. Ronald Reagan in his second term went 59%. He transcended the party and he got a coalition. If I, as president, do not connect to America, I'll never have a coalition to solve some of these big issues. Welcome back, patriots. I hope you are enjoying this, this unprecedented insight into what it's like to run for president. And we're trying to get verbs in the sentences. We're here with Ryan Binkley, and he has given it to us, patriots. So I would like to talk now about one of my favorite, not favorite topics, which is inflation. Uh, anybody who has gone to the grocery store, filled up their gas tank, or check their 401k or anything else that's going on is gotta be terrified. So tell us, tell me your platform. What are your thoughts? Our economy is on life support. You're absolutely right, Raven. So right now, those items you just mentioned, 30% higher inflation than just two years ago. The average family spending $709 more a month than they were 20 months ago. That's after tax money. So you need to be making $1,000 or more per month. Not many people are doing that. How are we going to get through this? We have to communicate also to the American people what the real problem is. The real problem is, is that we're spending too much money and it has a cascading effect and a number of consequences that go along with it that lead to inflation. 
Um, many people say in our country, I mean, I wish every congresswoman, man, senator took an um, economics class and really understood finance because if you don't understand money supply and truly understand what the debt consequences are, we're in trouble. And so we go into debt one and a half to two trillion dollars a year now. I saw Congress celebrate, you know, and they applauded, you know, when we raised our debt ceiling $4 trillion, yay. Now we're gonna be $36 trillion in debt in two years. Uh, right now, the fastest growing item on our expense sheet is interest payments. Yes. So we don't have the money to pay this. So we spend 8% of our money right now on interest payments. Here's the bad news. In eight years, it's gonna be 12 to 14% because interest rates are going up and we're probably gonna be 45 to $50 trillion in debt in eight, in eight years. So this means, we, what are we gonna do? We're gonna print more money borrow money from ourselves basically just to make interest payments because we don't have any money in the bank. So this is like a credit card. I'm getting another credit card to make the interest only payments. We haven't made a principal payment on debt in over 30 years. That's the bullet right there. <laughs> this is we the haven't made a principal. Patriots, did you catch that? That is the nuke. This is what we have to be talking about, real common sense. And you are, you have background in finance yes. and, and wealth management. So am I correct? Uh, in saying that they could call in our debt anytime they wanted to. Those who hold our debt, they could call it in anytime they wanted to, but the Democrats are convinced they can spend their way out of debt. Well, we would not, we would be able to pay the debt because this is what we would do. We would borrow it again from ourselves and print more money. So we have public debt, then we have private debt that the U.S. owns. We have the ability, the U.S. government, to have our printing machines. Wouldn't you like to have one in your garage? I called them and asked them if I could have one. They said no. But anyway, we just print our own <laughs> money. This is a fiat currency. This is like monopoly money we have. This is the value of our dollar. We just keep printing and we've got to rescue the dollar. So I put together a seven-year economic rescue plan this past week. We worked on it with some economists and really dived in. We need to balance the budget. We haven't done it since really Clinton and Newt Gingrich held the line, the contract with America. Since back 96, in, the contract yes. with America with so Dick we, Army. We've got to get back to that. What does that mean? And what does it do? Well, it makes us think about what we're spending money on. It makes me publicize. What are the earmarks? What's the wasteful spending? How are we going to continue to, to do this when Medicare and Medicaid is exploding? So we have to balance the budget. This will help rescue us from inflation, help rescue the U.S. dollar. The dollar is getting damaged today because we're printing so much money. And right now it holds a status as the world's reserve currency. And China with BRICS nations, they are challenging that today. It's not used as often now as it used to be just 10 years ago. And so the economic foundation is cracked. We got downgraded for the second time in U.S. history just, what, two weeks ago? Janet Yellen came out that day. There's nothing to worry about here. Nothing There's to see here, Nothing folks. to see. There's something to worry about. Moody's downgraded 10 banks this past week. I think there's another round of banks getting downgraded because what happens is the Fed tries to control inflation by raising rates. And when they do that, all these banks for 15 years, remember this easy money policy, treasury bills at 0%. Now they're at five, six, 7% or whatever it is. Right. And now these treasures that they've held for years are worth 80 cents on the dollar. This is why our banks are having so much pressure. This is why we had three bank failures earlier in the year. We had three bank failures, but didn't and Biden rescued them. I think I understood Absolutely. something. Was it Roku had $450 million in the bank? You're only FDIC covered for 250000 So who got to, to rescue that bank? They are picking the winners and losers and like they did back in 07 and 08. Who's too big to fail and who's not? So the smaller regional banks, which control 60% of our economy across the nation, they're not too big to fail. We could be in trouble. If we don't make smart decisions and balance this budget, our kids can be in trouble. And the reason is, is that you have two Two, two ways you can go down. If you don't balance the budget, you're going to have expanding inflation or you're going to have pressured banks. 
the, the Fed's going to raise rates, which will lead to a stagnant economy, which is the stagflation era of Jimmy Carter. So this is what I see, a perfect storm coming in the next four to five years. It could be sooner. We have to rescue it now. That's what our seven-year economic rescue plan does. And it doesn't do it without us rescuing healthcare. So healthcare is a huge part of our expense. 35% of our budget, Medicare, Medicaid, 15% of health, Social Security recipients spend their money on healthcare. And so I've got to bring a Republican-led alternative to socialized medicine because that's what we have today. It's the only thing we purchase as Americans. We don't ask how much it costs when we go to the doctor anymore. Well, I'm telling you, everybody is thinking when you say healthcare now, everybody has got nightmares and a twitch when they think about Obamacare. So what are you proposing to be different with healthcare? Okay, so we have to recognize what Obamacare does. It never reduced the cost of anything. All it did is it put all the weight of it on private insurers. So private insurers at my company got 350 employees, whatever, on that. They spend 30,000 a year in private insurance. It subsidizes everybody on Obamacare, everybody in Medicare, Medicaid. And you know what? They can't keep doing it. It's too much money. The, the, the inequity in the system is we have monopolies in health insurance exchanges. They can do whatever they want. The patient's not in charge. So my plan, what it would do, it would allow more insurance companies to compete across state lines. It would allow us to have price transparency, put the patient back in charge to shopping, give them an incentive to shop. This is huge. We have to give them a reason to call the doctor. How much is an MRI here? How much is one over here? They have right now have no incentive. We just walk in. We don't even know what it costs till 30 days, 60 days later. This is what's wrong with our country. Uh, big Pharma is owning the process as well, and we are letting them. We're actually subsidizing the world with Big Pharma. Uh, we give patent extensions 15 and 20 years longer than Europe. So as a result, the United States and overall healthcare spends twice as much as every other developed country, but our patient outcomes per dollar, are, are we're not even in the top 20. So we are spending money on things that don't matter to the patient's real result to their health. And once we peel this thing back, it's going to be competition, price visibility, patients in charge. And when we do that, we'll, we'll end this socialized medicine that we have today. Well, I'm telling you what the seniors want to hear is they're saying, Ryan, I'm on a fixed income mm -hmm. and I can't afford to go to the doctor. I can't afford to get sick. That's right. You know, so we've got to get it. I mean, our seniors, our vets. Our veterans, you know, who, you know, need to be looked after. And I'm telling you, this is, we've got, I told you, Patriots, it was going to be awesome. You know, verbs and sentences. Let's talk about the other things. We have two more platform points we want to talk about on how to fix this, this country, how to get it back on track. You know, viewpoints from presidential candidate Ryan Binkley. And we're going to be back right after this. Hey there, Patriots. It's Raven Harrison, the conservative warrior. The book is out, Raven's Mantle, Fighting the Betrayal of America. It is a powerful memoir that you have to read to believe. Not just my story, the loop of being raised in the Cold War and now being on a loop with communism, but also what the story of the daughter of two retired Air Force colonels looks like, what the front line looks like, and more importantly, what created the conservative warrior. It is a story you have to read to believe. It is available on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, on our website, ravenharrison.com, and in bookstores. I'm encouraging you patriots to go out and get a copy of this book. Support us in this unprecedented fight for our freedom and know what the front line looks like. An informed patriot is a powerful patriot. And like I always say, if you can't be on the front lines, support those of us who are. I look forward to seeing you all soon. Keep fighting.
Welcome back, Patriots. We are here, luckily, with Ryan Binkley. He's running for president. President of what? Of the United States. And we are getting some good insight on what it's like, the decisions that had to be made, how you're processing information from voters on what to do about, I mean, it is just a, a colossal dumpster fire with windows. So you also have another policy, something that's really important to you in terms of how we're going to get this country back on track. Absolutely. You know, this whole this whole campaign is about what's different. Everybody wants to know, Ryan, is your platform any different than Donald Trump's or Ron DeSantis? And there are clear differences right now. Neither one of them are talking about a balanced budget. Neither one are talking about health care reform, how we're going to do it a Republican way. Neither one of them are talking about a permanent plan for the border. And the last thing they're not talking about is how do we grow our party? Our party's stuck, Raven. This is a, this is an average. We have to be honest. 46% of the vote's not enough. We started, we have to transcend our party. We only won, you know, four cities out of the top 50 by population. That means urban America is not listening to the Republican message. In fact, college students today, 70% of college students voted for Joe Biden in the last election. 70%. There are 70 million millennials and Gen Zers up for this next election. And we haven't had a candidate that's had a message or a messenger that's connected to their hearts. If we don't connect to this next generation, these young people coming up and what our Republican message means. I mean, basically they're being taught socialism in the, in the first six months when they go to college, they're taught that's the best way they're flipping right away. I've got many Republican friends saying, Ryan, my kids went to college and I've lost them. Now they're automatic Democrats coming out. And so the the Democratic Party has a funnel system of new voters every year called college students. And we better start winning them with relevancy, transparency, and truth. And this is what I want to do. I, I see this as a huge problem, but an opportunity. Right now, what is the Republican message to the poor? If you start thinking about if you don't vote for Democrats. Okay, right. Or what's what's the but if you're really poor, if you're struggling, you don't know where next week is coming from, and you're what you're struggling with food you know, reliance, your shelter, you don't know what's happening. And the Democrats' message of socialism can be very compelling. What's ours? Ours has always been, you know, hey, you can do and become anything you want to be. We want to embrace your freedoms. But then after that, good luck. Call us if you need us. We actually have to change this narrative by being there with them. And what I want to do, I've seen this done in Chicago, Des Moines, Dallas, different places, Scott Turner here in Dallas, other places that are diving into urban America not letting it go. The Republicans have backed away from urban America and said, that's not our territory. We give that up every year to Democrats. No, we've got the best message for them. We have the best message for college students. I can't wait to talk to college students and say, listen, the very worst thing I could ever do for your financial future is pay your tuition. It'll make you all go broke if I did it for year and after year. And they'll say, I disagree, Ryan. <laughs> I, know, I disagree. The best thing you could do is pay for my Harry Styles degree. No, I am going to prove it to you mathematically that you will fail economically because you'll end up in a Great Depression if we did it for everybody. It's not possible. So what do we have to do? I, we have to start job training again. We have to teach kids, ninth grade, 10th grade, that vocational skills is not a second grade education. We can actually start teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. Only 60% of kids basically that go to college, 70 end up graduating. And so there's so many kids that don't come out with a four-year degree anyway, but we've gotten away from this in the last 20, 30 years. We need to start trade schools, teaching them how to be a craftsman, 
a plumber, electrician, a technician, a computer technician, an engineer. You don't have to have a four-year degree to know how to work on a computer or to, I mean, we need, we can create kids with jobs and actually show them how to start something new. Give them a passion, a vision. Not everybody wants to go to college. We have to recognize that, but dive into it. But that's not a big government program. We don't have any more money for that. I'm going to call in America, churches, charities, public companies, private companies, you and me. Let's do this one thing. Let's own our city. Let's own it. What are we doing for the two or three school districts in Dallas that are struggling the most? Well, if we dive into them and really start supporting and all these corporations said, let's invest. Let's start figuring out how we can give them job training, teach them by the time they graduate that they either have a track to college or they have a career opportunity ahead of them. That's what we have to do. To get people off welfare, we have to give them a job with a living wage. There's a huge gap from poverty to middle class. I'm just telling the Republicans, don't abandon urban America. Let's dive into it. We got the best message in the world for them. We just have not communicated it well. It's time that we do. And kids, college kids, I'm saying this. You want to change the culture of America? You know, a Republican president can't get on a college campus today. They would get tarred and feathered <laughs> off, right? So because they're, that they're was so, accepted. Come they're on, so Ryan. I'm going to be on this college campuses, but I'm going to tell them this. Listen, this is my main message. Abandon politics. You hate it anyway. You don't trust any politicians anyway. But join me in a movement of love your neighbor. Whether you agree with me on every political issue is not the issue. Can we all agree that one out of six kids in urban America, minorities, black students in urban America, downtown Dallas included, are reading at the eighth grade reading level? One out of six. What if we spent five hours a week and started mentoring them? Reading, writing, math. Get propaganda out of schools. Get the basics back in. Let's teach these kids how to read. Studies show if they don't know how to read by the time they're in the third grade, they won't catch up. If we don't get them by the time they're in eighth grade, it's, it's, it's almost over. This is our plan. Dive in. Don't back off. Let's lead on immigration. Let's lead on health care reform. Let's lead on urban America renewal. Let's lead with college students. Start a, a volunteer movement. Like, think of the Peace Corps of the 60s and 70s. Let's do something amazing. Let's lead with wisdom in our economics, and we can get our country back. More than that, financially, we can get the heart of our country back. This is what we have to do. This is what I, the way I lead as president. Ooh. That is good. You guys are used to my fire. This is, I told you we, we grow up strong in Texas. And I want to ask uh, Ryan a really challenging question uh, about platforms because we've got some really difficult issues. And it's nice to see that he's willing to attack these. He's willing to talk about this. And we're going to, I'm going to send him a really good one as soon as we come back. Hey there, Patriots. It's Raven, the conservative warrior. I am here on behalf of Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they now offer competitive business plans. Switching to Patriot Mobile from your current carrier has never been easier. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given rights and freedoms. You know us, Patriots. We vote with our wallet. Stop funding the people who are selling us out. Support Patriot Mobile now. Be part of the solution. Be part of the freedom. 
Go to patriotmobile.com forward slash Raven and get free activation. Patriots, mobilize. Welcome back, Patriots. We are here talking to Ryan Binkley. He is running for president. He is giving his platforms, his views, and basically his plan, which is the verbs and the sentences I'm always talking about uh, on the show. This is how we change things. Uh, nobody ever fixed anything from the back seat. So you got to get engaged, got to get involved. So I want to tell you, because you had a really great um, message about talking to the youth because this is big, but we've got the influence of social media. I can't tell you how much garbage I filter for my kids of watching, you know, they were on some game the other day, salt is racist. I'm like, okay, time out. Mom, mom's had enough. That's awful. Uh, but the point is, is what do you say? I mean, you're a pastor. I know as a conservative, people like to take a lot of aim lately. I feel like I've been fielding a lot of, uh, fire about my faith. What do you say to the generational? Because we do need the younger ones to come in. We do need their support. This is their country we are fighting for. What do you say when they're, uh, well, I, I want, there's 50 genders and I, I need to be able to be a boy if I'm a boy and I'm in the wrong body and the Democrats let me do that and I really can't work. I have issues. I'm adverse to work, uh, but I'm listening. I mean, what do you do with the attacks on your faith and people who want to, they want you to satisfy their specific yeah. hot button in terms of your vote and moving forward? What do you say to this younger generational who they don't have a lot of patriotism and they're getting mixed messages from social media? You know, depending on their age, to a young person, teenage level, you know, 13 through 18, 20, whatever. I would say this, if they're dealing with these identity issues in the LGBT community, particularly transgender, that's been the hot topic lately of a couple of years. I, I would say this, I would want to tell them, God didn't make a mistake. I tell him he created you in his image, in his likeness. And I would say, be patient. Every kid that's a teenager is going through crazy hormonal thoughts and challenges. <laughs> anyway, even every adults single, go Even if they don't want to admit it, <laughs> there's a lot of thoughts going on, a lot of, a lot of changes, just be patient. You're not ready to make, you're not ready to consent to a life altering permanent decision about your body. Just be patient is all I would say. Um, as president, I would make sure that we protected them and all of our children from that. Um, what we see happening right now, I think, you know, with transgender community, it needs to be, they need, need to wait on any decisions, hormonal changes until their age of consent, which is 18 or 21 years old. You can't buy a beer until you're 21. You can't get a tattoo until you're 18, I think. You, you can't make a permanent change on your body. You're not the age of consent. So we need to recognize that age group. If they're older than that, I would say this, I respect you. At the end of the day, we're not here to vilify you. Christ never did that. If I bring That's my right. faith in there, he didn't vilify people that were struggling. If he vilified anybody, it was the highly religious people that are being overly critical. So I would just say this, I respect you. But listen, when it comes to sports or it comes to uh, locker room issues, I would ask the same respect back. You know, I've got two daughters. Uh, when they were in high school, I'd love to think if they wanted to compete in sports, that they could compete fairly. Uh, and I just ask for that same level of respect back. As I've communicated this to many in that community and the LGBT community, they've, they've understood that. We're just kind of dropping our swords a little bit, asking for patience, asking for us to respect each other. We can connect then. And I yes. think once we do that, we can change the narrative. And that's what I want to do as president. Help, help us connect on the bigger issues. One, 
they're struggling. They're going through something. I can only imagine what kind of struggle that is. Have a lot of compassion with that. And uh, let's let's just give it some time and let's see what we can do together. We can all agree there's other issues that we can all agree on. The poor, the needy. There's some things we can work on together and that's the way it'll lead. And I really love that message. That's important to me because you, you know, you're not going to win this. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. But I always tell people I'm fighting for your right to disagree with mm -hmm. me. This is what I, I view. But this is, I would really love for people to hear that of patience of not here to judge you, not here to vilify you, here to say that, you know, God loves you, we love you, and let's be part of the solution is Absolutely. what I'm basically hearing. And on that note, you know, running for president is intense. So you've been all over Iowa. You've been traveling like crazy. Where are you? Because now we're at that verbs in the sentences. Now you've told us what you're going to do, patriots. Now it's time for what you're going to do. How do patriots get involved and where are you going to be? Where can they find you? Absolutely. Well, our website's binkley2024.com. We have social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are putting our messages out there. We're putting recent things we're doing. We have full messages, full speeches, our whole platform up there. And we're sending a message that's different through Republican Party. It's a, it's a message of passion, of change. It's a message of us moving beyond where we've been before, breaking barriers. It's time for us to dive into urban America, dive into college students, really make some big decisions on the border security because when we're strong financially here we'll lead well lead well internationally i really believe this china will pay attention to us when we're not you know obliterating our cash the way we're supposed to where we are right now they'll listen to us when we're sound right now they have a better uh, debt structure than we do that's why they're loaning money to latin america brazil africa eastern europe we're borrowing money as a nation when we're strong we'll fix this it's up to our generation to see this and i believe if we if we don't see it will be known as the generation that prospered the most, but sacrificed the least. I don't want to be known as that generation because we've had more wealth come in the last 20 to 40 years than any other generation probably combined in the last couple. So we've got an opportunity, but let's lead well. And so go to our website, follow this message, carry this passion. Let's get some real change happening. Let's don't look in the rearview mirror of the Republican Party. I like a lot of things President Trump did, but it's time to move ahead. I think he can give some advice in moving forward. I pray that our country would get united. When we do, we're going to have a different culture in our country. And this is what I'm asking. I see a culture where everybody, regardless of your race, regardless of your age, regardless of where you live, because sometimes it's different in rural America, suburbs, or, or, or urban America, that we'd all be able to say this, which I don't hear enough, I'm proud to be an American. Woo! So any last words? Well, absolutely. If I could just look at the camera, you know, join the Binkley Brigade. This is what we're calling it, Raven, because we've got a group of people that are wanting something different. Young people, people that are multicultural. Now, our party is going to change. We're going to start reaching into urban America. And if you want to see this happen in your city, join this movement. Invite us to come see you. Get people together. We're traveling more with there's bigger groups now, especially in the early states. And we're connecting to people with this message. It's a different message for the Republican Party. That's what the Binkley Brigade is all about. So like us on Facebook, social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and then just join the movement and reach out to us if you, if you want to have us come see you. And Patriots, that's a good time to mention that we vote with our wallets, okay? So, you know, he's trying to step up. Ryan is trying to step up. You know, go to the website, donate, get involved, be part of it. Wars are expensive, okay? So get in there and help. And if you can't be on the front lines, support those of us who are. Ryan, thank you so much for being with you. This really is, I hope this inspires people that you just, you stood up and said, I see what needs to be done. 
and I'm doing it. And this is what I encourage people to do. Be the change you want mm -hmm. to see. And thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be keeping up with Ryan, see what he's doing. We will post information on our page and uh, our social media platforms. And I encourage patriots, go check him out, hear what he has to say, let him engage. He's very approachable. And this is what we need now. You actually have a moment in history to be part of something really big. So thank you again, Ryan. And Patriots, we'll be back right after this. Thank you. Hey there, Patriots. It's Raven Harrison, your conservative warrior. I'm coming to you on behalf of Raven Pack, which is an organization I founded to ensure that real Christians, real believers, real Patriots have the resources and the funding to fight this unprecedented war for our freedoms and our country. Not all heroes wear capes, but wars are expensive and tiresome. I encourage you to go to ravenharrison.com, click on the link for Raven Pack, and give us your most generous contribution. As I always say, if you can't be on the front lines, support those of us who are, and every little bit helps. This is an unprecedented fight for our freedoms, but it's a war we can win. I am grateful for every patriot who will go to Raven Pack and donate and be part of this great country and restoring it to all its glory. Until then, keep fighting. Thank you, patriots, for joining me on this episode of Raven's Radar. I hope this was insightful. I hope this gave patriots a little inkling of what it's like. I mean, the front line is vast and it's wide. A lot of people are wondering, you know, hey, Raven, I'm a very strong Trump supporter. I, I, I always have been. But I think it's important in this scape to just see the different facets of what the war for our country looks like. And I am a big fan of, of bringing as much information to the Patriots as possible and letting them kind of see and determine and ask questions and decide where they fall on these issues. I'm not here to pound it down people's throats. I'm a, I'm a Trump gal, but I support and respect everybody's right to do what they want. And I'm really grateful. It takes a lot of guts to get up here and come into escape in a field uh, like this and going against President Trump. This is honestly the epitome of David and Goliath. And I have to honestly thank Ryan Binkley and his team and his staff. He's one of the most approachable guys I've ever met. He's amazingly passionate and he really cares about this country. And I really respect his willingness to come on here and to speak and to engage and open himself up like that. So if you want more information about Ryan, we'll have um, information on our website, ravenharrison.com. You can find me on social media at raven underscore TX warrior uh, and reach out engage, be part of the solution. Every single one of us was made for this time in history, and this is the time to go get it. And in that vein, I'd like you to pick up a copy of my book, Raven's Mantle. It's available on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, and in bookstores. I'm telling you, this is a barn burner. This is what we're talking about the cold loop of, of the Cold War, of communism on our shores, of what we're going to do. It's going to take real people. I'm an old school patriot. I was raised by fire breathers, two Air Force colonels. I was raised by people who love this country and fought and bled for it. And I'm telling you, we can do this, patriots. We can be the difference if we will get involved. So I will see you on the next episode of Raven's Radar. And until then, keep fighting.